Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast to which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, to chat, chat to some of the interesting figures and leading lights in this crazy industry we are in of writing and self-publishing. And today we are delighted to have a very special guest, Mr. J.D. Caron, who is from Weekend Publisher. And he is here today to tell us all about the value of new readers versus existing readers and everything to do with that, which is a topic I love to nerd out about. So, J.D., we are delighted to have you. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, and I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to uh, nerd out a little bit with you as well. Hopefully, we don't nerd out too hard and, you know, uh, lose some people, but uh, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a good uh, and certainly useful uh, nerd out session for, for anyone listening to this. Absolutely. If you want to sell books, this is a conversation you need to listen to. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? I'm doing great. Thanks, Roland. Thanks for joining us, JD. And, uh, you know, don't worry if you guys want to nerd out i can always act as the moderator the guy that you know isn't understanding the numbers so well and i'll i'll make sure to interject and and uh, get you guys to speak more english (laughs) if needed um but yeah i mean the topic so so jd actually first of all why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys do um and then we can sort of jump into, uh, you know, sort of this topic, right? But I guess just in, in terms of uh, people who don't know you, they'll get an idea of what it is that you do and, and uh, why you can talk about uh, topics like this. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like uh, Roland said there, I'm the owner of WeCanPublisher.com. Uh, the business has been expanding. It started off with uh, book marketing coaching. Uh, now it's expanded to a done-for-you service for some authors as well, where we'll actually market for them, and writing coaching service. Um, so we're always expanding. We've also got a blurb writing service as well. So, um, yeah, we, we do a bunch of things uh, with that. And and why I feel like a lot of people uh, will benefit from this is because, you know, I've looked at these numbers uh, from over with over 200 authors that I've coached. Uh, so it's not just I'm just looking at my set of books. I'm looking at books, uh, primarily fiction, but nonfiction as well, um, <clears throat> with with over 200 authors. Uh, so I could see, okay, where do people go wrong? What are people not tracking? What they should be tracking? Uh, what actually gives them the best bang for their resources or bang for their buck? Um, and we'll get into it, resources being time and uh, money. Uh, so we'll be looking at those uh, things as well. So. Yeah, I actively uh, coach people, and and our team runs uh, done for you marketing services for books. And you started this because you were you wrote as well for a while, right? Absolutely, I don't have time to write much these days. Um, yeah. You know, with a young son at home, and you know, and running a business. Uh, but that was exactly right. I, I wrote it in uh, wrote my first book in 2017, and I was. Uh, sort of an anomaly you would call it i actually preferred the marketing over the um over the writing process um i'm a big numbers guy i love analyzing numbers um i like breaking it down for people um you know educating uh others uh so yeah it just started with okay well you know i knew some other people in that space while i was you know helping promote the book because i was also writing the book with marketing in mind it was coming around coming out at the same time as a movie was coming out uh, the movie Dunkirk in 2017 in July 2017. So uh, the book was based around the events of Dunkirk. So it's really trying to ride on the coattails of, of that movie. Um, 
and of course, I met up with other authors uh, in the process. Then I was having some success, and other people were asking me, um, you know, for tips. And I threw everything against the wall, which I do not recommend anyone do. I think every author, I think, probably starts off at that point. Um, they're just like, oh, well, I read 10 blog posts, and now here are 40 things that I should be doing. Right? Like, oh, no wonder yeah. authors are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Right? And And the worst part about it is, all or most of those tactics can be useful in some degrees or worse useful 10 years ago. Right. So it's not like just completely trying to get authors to go astray. Um, but yeah, there's just way too much information out there. Um, yeah. So I, I did those 40 things. I spent thousands and thousands and thousands, maybe probably $10,000 trying to, to market this in the first, uh, in the first two months. And uh, looking back after afterwards, looking at the data, I'm like, wow, there's only a few things that actually moved the needle from what I could tell. So yeah, that's where I started. That, oh, I'm, I really want to read your book. My grandfather was evacuated from Dunkirk. So there we go. I'm really? your target audience. Yes. Really? <laughs> wow. That's unreal. Um, yeah. But you're, you're so right. There are so many things that you need to do. And I think one of the reoccurring themes that we've, we've had is like, you know, you pick one thing and commit to it. And then see if it moves the needle or not, rather than trying to do everything and not doing it enough. Because we we had the experience with with people who, would, you know, they they would try advertising, but not commit to it and then be like advertising doesn't work. And it's like it very clearly does work if you if you do it right. But you're trying to do that and this and this and you end up not doing any of them right rather than one thing right. Yeah, and that that's ex- exactly it. Like. And, you know, most new authors know, uh, think, well, I don't know what it is, what it is I should be focused on. You know, if I double down on this one thing, is it actually going to work? For an example, like Twitter, you know, Twitter's a classic one. Or if I double down, at po- I'm posting five times a day on Twitter, you know, and I make sure I do it right. I feel like I'm doing it right. Is that guy, I can actually make a difference. And that's when like consulting with, because I know you guys all offer consulting service uh, as well. So that's when like a consulting service with, with you guys uh, would be useful to be, you know, what to do and then how to do it. Yeah. I think there's, you know, like you said, there's so much information out there and people don't really know uh, what is good and what is bad. And we talk to authors all the time, unfortunately that, uh, you know, deal with some companies that don't necessarily have a good grasp of what, works but they sell the service because you know people want the service they you know they're they don't know what they don't know and so they just look and they find one place and that's the one they use and it's not always the best one and you know you kind of have to you know go through word of mouth you have to go through you have to sort of look at them all and sort of figure out which ones are you know being updated you know regularly that means they're probably you know still involved in a lot of this stuff as opposed to you know people that write articles years ago and then don't change anything and and then just you know sell a service that's based on information that might be years old because everything changes so quickly right and that's one of the reasons why we want to have this podcast we can talk to people about sort of the issues that are uh, you know as they change and and evolve and uh, we can keep the conversation moving so for sure that's you know that's one of the most important things because uh, people are definitely focusing sometimes on the wrong stuff. And uh, it's a shame, you know, to, to waste a lot of time and money. Um, but that's, but that's what we're here to talk about today too, is, uh, you know, the issue of uh, time and money because both of them are valuable and both of them are in limited supply when you're, 
uh, you know, new author, right? Um, and the idea of getting new readers and how much that is going to cost you in both time and money and, and then determining if there is a value in those new readers and what is that value that you're getting from the new readers. So um, why don't we, you know, kick off that discussion? So um, what can you tell us about, you know, sort of that idea of these new readers and, and the value behind them? Yeah, absolutely. So I will not leave your audience hanging. I will uh, eventually get to the point of, okay, in my experience right now, this is what's been getting uh, the most bang for your buck. So I, I will get to that and then I'll be happy to hear uh, your guys' experience and have a little discussion around it. But um, I know you had an accountant on, um, you know, uh, whenever this comes out a couple weeks or months ago. Um, and she did mention one thing that I really appreciated. Um, so this will be, it won't be crazy numbers uh, heavy, but it will be imploring uh, the audience listening to this or watching this to think more about the numbers. So <clears throat> she also mentioned, you know, to think of it as a business. And so whenever you sell anything online, you are in a business. Um, and I was talking with a friend of mine who's also in the space. He's a, he's a writing coach. And uh, we were talking about business. And he said, ah, business is not that hard. Business, he's from the UK. So he said maths with a plural. But he said business is just maths. And he said business is just math. And, and that's really all it is. Um, and I don't know about your guys' experience but or, or the people listening to this, but a, a vast, vast, vast majority of my clients, they have the dream of being able to write full-time one day. So to write full-time one day and to actually make it sustainable, or at least to make it supplement their income, uh, they have to understand their numbers. Uh, they, they just have to because there's, there's so many people that I talk to that are panicking. Oh, my Facebook ads have gone down the drain. They're total I almost swore, but they're, they're total crap. Uh, you know, but then we look at the numbers and like, okay, it's actually not that bad. Or, you know, I'm doing Amazon ads. I think they're doing well, but we look at the numbers and they're doing horribly. You're right? So, so right. There's such a dangerous thing between perception and, and like actual reality tracked by numbers. There are so many times where it's like, like right now I'm like, oh, my Facebook ads, uh, they're losing value and stuff like that. And then you do the math and you're like, no, you know what? They're still making a, a profit margin. Maybe not as much as they were last week. But, you know, if you just went by feeling, you might scrap the whole thing. But when you look at the numbers, you actually see. Yeah, 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 that's exactly it. So whenever we're looking at, you know, are we doing Amazon ads? Are we doing Facebook ads? Are we doing price promotions? Are we doing, you know, something that is on Fiverr, which I generally don't recommend <laughs> many things that are on, that, that are on there. Uh, we want, just as you're doing fractions, you want the common denominator. So if you want to add one third and one fourth, you need to find a common denominator to be able to add those. Right. So what we want to find is a common denominator. So Amazon ads has ACOS. I do not like ACOS because it doesn't take a lot of factors into account. A lot of factors. It's kind of useless. Like Kindle Patriots. And it doesn't it only give it doesn't give you royalties. It just gives you your overall sales, doesn't it? Uh, well, I think it does give the estimated royalties. Actually, uh, oh, you're right. The sales, yeah, it just gives you. So, if your uh, paperback's priced at thirteen ninety nine, it'll just say, yeah, thirteen ninety nine. Um, so, 
and then you could, yeah and so if you you, get, you only get 70 percent of that so immediately like if your acos is 100 percent, you might think oh that's good but actually it needs to be sub 70 to be uh hardline making a profit yeah so acos is crap um i did a uh a youtube video on my channel I know maybe two years ago, but going ranting about how bad ACOS is and how useless it is uh, to us as authors. And we'll get more into that in terms of the value per reader, but just looking at making everything a denominator, we want to look at the, what is the cost per new reader. So again, going back to, okay, this is a business. Businesses think of it, they call it cost per acquisition, right? So how much does it cost us in ad dollars to get a new client? Or in our case, as as authors, how much does it cost us to get a new reader? Okay, and a lot of things can can factor into that. You know, like um, what method am I doing to actually promote my book? What are uh, how many people are taking action on my book when they actually go to it? So looking at like the book cover, the blurb, the reviews, the A plus content, the look inside, all those things that go into it. Um, you know, am I meeting readers' expectations in terms of, okay, what I'm advertising and what they're actually clicking through and going to see? So there's a lot of different factors that go into uh, what is the cost per new reader. Uh, typically, in my experience, it can be higher, it can be lower, but it's usually somewhere in the range of 2 to $8. Somewhere in that range. I have seen some other authors where... Um, you know, it might be 30 cents or, or 50 cents to, to get a sale on the first book. We're talking like standalone or a series. We're just looking at the first book to get people into the series. So typically in my experience, um, it's, it's between two to $8. I have seen it as high as $136, which is completely unsustainable, right? You put a thousand dollars in, you get, I don't know what the math is there, but you know, like five readers, six readers. And I mean, so, if you have then a you know a hundred book series, maybe that you're talking there. But sorry, I interrupted you, Greg. Uh, no, so we're talking here about so just so people understand. So a cost being um, the advertising cost of sales that Amazon shows you, which is basically just their um, calculation of what you spent on your advertising versus what you got back, right? So mm-hmm. they'll they'll just do some quick you know math to say, oh, you know, you you spent. Um, a hundred bucks and you got, uh, you know, 10, I don't know, 10 sales. So it costs you 10 bucks or whatever it is, right? Like they're just doing the easy math of whatever. So, but you're saying that um, it has to come from your cost is, is not just that it's, it's all these other sort of invisible factors that you have to account for, like all the money you've spent doing all these other things, right? Is that what you're saying? No, just the money spent on that action. So let's say I put in $100 into Amazon ads and I get 10 readers out of it. So that's $10 mm-hmm. a new reader. So we don't want to look at it as a whole because, you know, you could be doing like, I don't advise it, but like 10 different things. You don't want to take a look at it as a whole. You want to get it down to more of a micro level as to what, what method is actually working for me in my book. So that's, then the 80-20 rule comes in, isn't it? If you're getting 80% of your new readers from 20% of your marketing, then you want to go all in on that 20% rather than waste time on the other stuff. Time exactly. and money. Exactly. So 
that's exactly right. Like we could do, I, I don't want to get too much into it because that may, might be like a whole other discussion in terms of, you know, Amazon ads and how the cost per click has gone up to a point where it's, in my experience, almost unsustainable uh, to get like a decent cost per new reader. Um, I mean, it's great for data, but you know, that's, that's in its simplest form. So I spent a hundred dollars. I got 10 readers. That's $10 a new reader. There's other factors. Like if your book is in KDP select, um, you know, how many page reads did I get and how much of that, you know, how does that compare to your uh, KENPC V3, right? So how many books did I get out of that? Um, that gets a little bit more into the weeds. Um, but it's essentially, you know, if my book is 500 pages, according to Amazon, by going to the marketing tab in their in their bookshelf, scrolling all, all the way to the bottom, they could see what Amazon uh, says their book is in terms of page counts. Uh, so say my book is, you know, 500 pages as going to Amazon and there's a thousand page counts, then I got an extra two books out of that. I really, I like K. I'm all in on KU, and I get the majority of my income through that. And it's it's like being able to track that is so huge. I, yeah, I, you and I share this the same uh, the same uh, process. There, usually, what, what I tell people is the rule of thumb is um, now fantasy kind of trumps this, but the rule of thumb is income over exposure. Um, rank you, before bank, no bank before rank. That's good. I'm I didn't make that it. one up. That was I'm actually from it. oh, who's a uh, wide for the win? That was uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she says, "Yeah, bank Aaron, before yeah. rank." Aaron, right? And I mean, I disagree with that. I don't go wide, but I still think you know, bank before rank is a really good rule to live by. Yeah, that that, that is pretty good. Like it, to be honest, like it, probably ninety nine percent of my authors go with KDP Select as well, um, especially for a new author because it's just easier it's just you have one marketplace to focus on you know the 80 20 rule you just have the one marketplace to focus on and yeah kino unlimited for fiction books especially you'll get the majority of the uh, of the uh, books read through page reads yeah and i'm i'm noticing that with my own and i write in romance and of course romance is huge in ku and you think i th- i think 44 million was the this the last month's bonus so you think there are like 40 million readers in KU. So, you know, there are all these other readers elsewhere, but a pool of 40 million readers to reach out to isn't something to sniff at. Yeah, and you could, that's it, totally true. And you could see from um, Publisher Rocket, their, one of their recent updates, when you look for categories, it shows you the percentage of books that are in Kindle Unlimited. Um, so when I go through with clients, you know, I'm like, oh, look, look, you know, there's 70% of the books in this category have Kindle Unlimited. So what are the expectations of the readers? Most of them would expect the book to be in Kindle Unlimited. And I've noticed, um, I don't know if this follows with you, but they're almost like isolated communities on uh, Amazon. They're the people who only ever download free books. And they will never pay money for a book. There are only the people who will pay 99 cents. They're in Kindle Unlimited. They're like, if it's not in Kindle Unlimited, I'm not going to read it because then I have to spend money, whereas even they are spending money. And then there are that small group who will pay whatever for a book. But it's like there's no cross-pollination. Somebody who who normally only downloads free books isn't going to suddenly pay $4.99 for a book unless, like, it's out of this world, grab them. And it's the same with Kindle Unlimited readers. The advantage of Kindle Unlimited is to them it costs them nothing. They have to like return this book from their imaginary library, which means like just 
getting them to become a conversion is so much easier. Yeah, and that's that's exactly, and and I'd like to touch on it um, too. Uh, you know the the you know going from free to four ninety nine in the in the read through rate when we talk about value per reader, right? Um, where <clears throat> to be honest, I, I'm not a well, we're starting to get a little bit off track now, but I'm not a big fan of free book promotions. Um, not a huge fan of them. Um, I wrote a book on how to market your fiction book. Um, I think three years ago, and I talked about how much I liked free book promotions because I liked them back then. And now I'm like, uh, darn it. I, I based my entire closet. career on that free book promotions. It was like, I write a book, I do a free book promotion, get it up to, to number five in the ranks. And then I'm making thousands for the next three months. And that's just disappeared now. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you have to be careful on, on what you do with it too. I think a lot of people, unfortunately use it to um, use the free book promotion to get, uh, people onto their mailing list, which is, I think, a really bad way to get people onto your mailing list because those are people that fall into that group of I only download free books. So, you know, you sure you can pump up your mailing list and maybe that makes you feel good, but it's not actually helping your bottom line because when you go to try to sell them your next book, uh, you send that out to your mailing list, which should be a great uh, place for you to sell your new book when it first comes out because you're sending it out to your fans right away and then they you know click and they buy and whatever but if the if that list is made up primarily of people that um, came from a free book promotion you know you're not going to see a lot of uh, a lot of sales come from that and that's that's usually what we see and so for me the free book promotion the biggest value it has is the connection that it makes to other books in the also bought sort of thing so you know you you all of a sudden give out thousands of copies and all and you know some of those people sure we're, we're are going to be people that are only getting free books but there will be some that aren't right and they're clicking and they're getting they're they're connecting you to other books that they've bought and other and so now you know when you show up on those on those ribbons of you know people who bought this also bought that that's giving you some value but really i mean you know the free rank is different than the paid rank so it's it, and that disappears as soon as your book comes off the free promotion so great you got up to number 20 in in the free book but as soon as that ends you're back down even lower than you were on the paid rank because you went a week or however long the promotion was without making any sales and so you you know now your paid rank when you switch over becomes uh, terrible right oh it was such yeah. a beautiful time it's almost yeah. like we're, we're going back to the topic, though, of cost per new reader versus value per new reader. You're talking about how these new readers you acquire from free books might not have as, enough, as much value as from other sources. I'll shut up now. I interrupted you. <laughs> they, no, have, no, yeah, they have low value, but and they also had low costs, uh, low, but they had low um, uh, fixed costs, right? But there's still that sort of cost of, you know, how many copies did you give away where somebody would have bought it? You know, there's there's some level there, too. It's not a huge amount because most of those people are buying the free or would never pay for the book anyways. But, um, but there is some, some value that you lost there. But I think that um, like, there's really, there's very little value when we, when we, yeah, when we talk about cost and value, there's very little value to those new readers, in my opinion. Absolutely. It's, and yeah, I agree with you. You build, you build your list the dirty way. Um, and it's cool. Cause you can have, you know, a big email list, which you can call vanity metrics right? Sexy numbers, but it doesn't mean much. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. it, means, it means a big bill for MailChimp every month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there you are sitting with an open rate of 4% or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's really the big difference. Um, so yeah, they're sexy numbers, but um, 
what, what, what was that one phrase? I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. And um, uh, I can't think of it now. That that was that was lame. Anyways, it was about uh, like all <laughs> uh, all cowboy, no cattle, or something like that. Where like oh, they dress the yeah. part. Oh, in England we saw it was all mouth, no trousers. <laughs> no trousers. That's good. We're we're a strange. Country. I don't even I don't even understand that one. Oh, mouth, no trousers. <laughs> I think I might need somebody to explain that one to me. Yeah, I don't even want to. I don't want to go down that path. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe we don't <laughs> yeah, want that. It sounds off. Uh, so yeah, okay. So going back to the the, the cost per new reader. Uh, so finding the common denominator. Um, so that can also apply for everything that you do. So, um, Roland, and you, I, I know you, you guys mentioned it in the, in the newsletter. Um, it's been more of a talk now. It's been out for a number of months, but more and more people are talking about it. Finally, Amazon attribution links. Oh, they're like, I, that, I, hallelujah. What an invention. It's a game changer. Absolute game changer. When they sent that email, I was literally jumping for joy. I said, finally. Um, you know, there's, now we can have a further discussion of, okay, well, how accurate is it? You know, how delayed is it? You know, it's still, I think it's still quote unquote in beta. Um, so. Um, I just, I don't know if it's been published yet, but I actually wrote an, uh, a blog post about where I compared what the attribution figures were and then what my increase in sales compared to a six month average was. And it was, inter- it was really interesting, but I mean, there. That's the information that that's the missing thing that I think self-publishing publishers have been waiting for, because it it finally enables you to get that valuable information you used to only be able to get from Amazon ads. And Amazon ads are really, really tough to make profitable. Yeah. I was so excited. I nearly ran out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Love it. Um, Yeah. So, you know, if you do Facebook ads, for an example, uh, or if you do Twitter ads, or even if you do... um, you know, you could take that attribution link and throw it into a Bitly, so it doesn't look ugly as hell, right? Uh, and it'll, like Bitly will give you amzn.to link. Like it actually looks like it's closer to an Amazon link as opposed to, right, this long string which looks spammy. But you know, if people are going to use that, if people are going to do, I did another video on my YouTube channel as well. I'm not plugging it, but I'm just trying to refresh my memory why social media sucks uh for marketing your book and i'm talking about organic social media i'm not talking about ads um and a big part of it is the algorithm and and being um you know this becoming more of a much more of a pay-to-play uh type of environment um you have to really you know understand the algorithm quite well uh to do it to do it well organically um yeah and some are worse than others i mean obviously facebook is is the worst for that um I think, though, we have had a couple people on who have, have sort of made the argument that there are a couple social sites where you still get a lot of value. And I think uh, one of them, which we don't always think of as a social site, but Goodreads, um, which is something that I think a lot of readers don't really uh, think a lot about. But it can be a really effective uh, way to um, promote your book. And uh, I think we had... Uh, by the time this airs, it will have already aired. Uh, Alessandra Torre back on on talking about that, and uh, she really brings up some really interesting things that you can do with Goodreads that I hadn't really thought about before. And I think a lot of users, uh, a lot of authors are are the ones doing it right are are finding success with TikTok as well. But I think with the Twitter 
um, and the Facebook and Instagram, like, I think that those you're sort of getting lost in the void um, and the pay to play nature of them, where if you are not paying to boost your, your thing, your boost, your, your post, nobody's really seeing it. No. And, and, and that's can, exactly. You, oh, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So yeah. TikTok. Um, I know some people are having some success with TikTok now. When some people when some people say I'm having success, not a lot of people show the real numbers of actual sales, right? TikTok is like great for vanity metrics. Like, man, I got twenty thousand followers, right? I sold two bucks, right? Like, it's just it depends. Yeah, yeah for sure. We uh, one of our first episodes of this, we had um, Jennifer Milken on, and and one of her TikTok posts went viral, and she um she went her book she did talk the numbers they they went up to uh you know she was she became a bestseller like the book got options but she got 60 million didn't she yeah I mean, she but that was a viral that's not obviously the big uh you know the, the most likely case Her, hers went viral but uh people using the book talk thing they, they are talking about how many uh people are seeing and i think some people yeah maybe are seeing a boost i don't know though you you could be right like maybe in the mo- for the most part they're not seeing a lot of sales come from that i'm not sure yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've noticed that I've started to put attribution tags on the, the profile links for my Instagram and stuff like that. And I've noticed no click through like zero. So yeah, that that's exa- exactly right. Like I had one coaching client who um, actually meet with her again on Friday. She was like, Oh, Twitter, you know, I post often on Twitter and I have, you know, 300 followers or so. Um, so I said, okay, let's, let's do the attribution link. Thing. And we looked at how much time she was spending. She was spending about half an hour every couple of every three days on it. So let's check it out in every three days, like half an hour, schedule a post and so on. And yeah, we looked at it after uh, I think it was two weeks, might have been like five clicks and like 20 page reads. So, okay, what can we use our time better for? Right? What can we use our time? If our goal is to write full time, um, we need higher value per new reader. So we need new books. We need more books, right? We need to get better at writing more books. Are you so going to tell I'm me like, to write more? <laughs> am I going to tell you like that? The curse. We all want to be writers. And then we're always like struggling to, to, to mm-hmm. like actually not distract ourselves from doing anything except write. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just going to, going back to the, we keep getting sidetracked, but I think they're, they're good Sorry. points being made. Um, so yeah, the, the cost per new reader. So, you want the common denominator and you want it to be, you want to track it at least over a month uh, at the same price. So um, you, you want, don't want to try, you don't want to change things uh, too much. So you don't want to like put in a new blurb. You don't want to put in that. Now, some of it depends on, okay, how much am I actually putting in to actually advertise it? If I'm just putting in $5 a day, it's going to be slower to get that data. Right. Is if I'm putting in thirty dollars a day, which I've seen a lot of authors do well at that, um, then it'll be shorter or would have stronger data. Um, so yeah, with Amazon attribution links, we're able to also put those into our Facebook ads and track that as well. Um, and the the third thing uh, that that I recommend, uh, at least tracking, so Amazon ads. It's good for data, but as you said, Roland, in my experience, the cost per clicks is just far too high these days to make a profit off of it. And um, if your cost per click is lower, 
you might make a profit off of it, but you'll sell a book a month. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, it's um, almost impossible to scale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Facebook ads, I really like. Scaling is really, really good with it. Uh, targeting is okay. Um, but their algorithm seems to be doing a better job. It's not like targeting when I first used where you could target specific pages. Now it's much more broad and, um, price promotions. And when I say price promotions, you know, there's free book promotions and then there's paid book promotions. Um, I'm not a big fan of the free ones. I like the paid ones, but being able to track that. So, you know, having your book at 99 cents, 299, you know, you don't see many books there, but you know, 299. You can even keep it at two ninety nine and do a do a, a paid price promotion. Um, so doing those and seeing what gives you the best cost per new reader. <clears throat> Typically, in my experience, again working with up to two hundred, if you do them right, Facebook ads is the best cost per new reader and scale and the most scalable. If you Absolutely. do them right, if you do. I mean, that's something that I found so interesting uh, for the very beginning of this. We were talking about, you know, your, what is it that works for you? And you should spend more time on that. And Facebook ads is an interesting thing. Amazon attribution tags finally gave me the ability to get like cold, hard metrics about my ads. So I was I ran, you know, a uh, hundred dollars worth of ads for one particular book. And I was getting sixty dollars back once you factored in sales and page reads. And. I tried with another book and suddenly I was doubling my money every day. And it's like, the problem is if you don't have that information, you know, you could be doing the sales where you're getting $60 back for every hundred dollars you spend and putting more money into that just widens that margin. Whereas if you find out whether you're making a profit, it just needs to be one penny. But if you could actually prove that you're making a profit, then pour money into it. It's infinitely scalable on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it could be better, but it's, you know, we don't have the ability to install, which we never will have, which, you know, the Facebook pixel that you can communicate with Facebook that, you know, if you're sending traffic to a website that you own that you can do. Um, you know, before I got into this, I was selling T-shirts. Um, and on Redbubble, you know, places like that, you can install the Facebook pixel. So you can actually get data to, to see when people bought stuff. But Amazon, you know, there's no no use in crying over it. It just never happened. But it is what well, it is. Well, I mean, but attribution tags really makes that mood, anyways, right? <clears throat> like, you, if you use a different attribution tag for your Facebook ads than you use for anywhere else, it's the same thing. You're still tracking your sales from the ones that come directly from your Facebook ads. It does. It it just means that we we have to have more of a hands-on approach where Facebook would put more of the budget. You know, if you're having you know multiple ad sets or ads, you know, they put more of the budget into one. But yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you. Um, right. Yeah, you would have to you'd have to track that yourself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and of course, with scalability, uh, you can start getting you know success breeds success, right? You you get up to five sales a day, ten sales a day. Maybe thirty sales a day, right? So you're ranking if you, if you have your keywords set up well, and your categories set up well, um, you're you're ranking better in in the, for those as well. So we're talking about like co, uh, viral coefficient, right? So we start getting people who, which is the place we want to be, right? Not just paying cons at the beginning. You will be paying one reader. Here is three dollars. One reader. Here's three dollars. You want people more people that read it the more possibility for word of mouth, the higher in the algorithm. That is the place you want to get to. 
Now, yeah, does every book start, get there? I don't think so. But You want to start generating organic sales from your ad sales. Correct. Right. Yeah. People share in the post, right? Right. And and just in general, like you said, it uh, selling more books, you're moving up in the ranks, which then per, uh, might make you show up on the on the top top 100, top whatever pages, right? Which then again provides more organic visibility through Facebook, uh, through Amazon itself, right? Where people are just browsing and they see your book. Plus, the more sales you get, the more connected you get to other books. And that's another place where they can see you when they go to another book and they see, uh, you know, authors that read this also bought whatever, then that's another way that they can find you. Yeah, exactly. So success breeds success. Absolutely. And now what, one interesting question is uh, about, you know, what is the value of a new reader? Do you have any thoughts on about like uh, read throughs and things like that? So I've got a 12 book series. So my goal is like, I want to obviously make profit from, from selling one particular book. But if those readers then go on and read the other book, in my series, then, you know, what could be two for two forty nine in profit from my royalties suddenly balloons into like 32 that's that's exactly it. So, you know, the, we're looking at the value per reader, and I have sheets that that I go through with with my clients. But, you know, we're looking at it from a point of view. Okay, let's say my Kindle book is just for simplicity two ninety nine. So, you know, minus my cut, minus the delivery fee, I'm making two dollars a shot. So, some people will say, okay, my value per reader is two dollars, but it goes much further than that. So, in terms of okay, what, how much do I earn for each book that's read through Kindle Unlimited? That right, depending on like 400, 400 pages would be like two bucks. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but and it, of course, it changes. Was it like, point yeah, zero, it's around, a, it's around yeah. half a cent, I guess. Uh, is it half a cent per page? Really? Yeah, yeah, Something like that, right? So, 400 bucks, 22 bucks, 400 pages, two bucks. That makes sense, I think. Yeah, but if you're if you're a fantasy author, right? You're Depending on how you have the pricing set up, you might be earning more with Kindle Unlimited than than the actual uh, price of your book, right? Fantasy being, you know, multiple hundred pages, uh, 150. Yeah, I wouldn't even pick up a fantasy book unless I'm like straining my wrists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, looking at uh, the distribution of, of your sales. Now, if you already have, uh, you know, sales um, currently, you know, you can go back right to the beginning of time. The beginning of not to the Big Bang, but when you launch your book, uh, to be like, okay, I earn this much off of paperback, I earn this much off of Kindle, I earn this much off of page reads, and this is where, um, you could do a little bit. Okay, well, fifty percent of my sale or seventy percent of my sales comes from Kindle Unlimited, so it's going to be weighted more towards that, right? Say I only get a dollar fifty, right, for somebody reads the Kindle Unlimited book. Uh, and two dollars if they buy the ebook, but seventy percent seventy percent of my sales come, come through Kindle Unlimited. So really, my value per new reader is closer to like one sixty five, just as an example, right? Because we want to make sure that's accurate. Because we want to make sure that's accurate to see: are we losing money with each sale, or are we gaining money with each sale? Which is if, where it, it all hangs together, isn't it? That's exactly yeah. This is where the business comes together, right? The, these these are the two main numbers you need to know to be able to do it full time. Um, so, uh, and make decisions, you know, in, in close to real time as possible. So yeah, there's other factors that go into your value per reader. Uh, one is the book type. And of course the other one, the big, big one um, is read through rate. 
um, books. Now, I can say with working with authors, if you have a poor read-through rate, diagnosing a poor read-through rate is one of the most difficult things you could do in marketing. Why are people not reading book two after they read book one? And some of it factors into, okay, was book one free and book two is $4.99, right? Okay, I got a 2% read-through rate. Okay, that makes sense, right? But the first book is $3.99, second book is $4.99, and I have a 10% read-through rate, right? That's one of the most difficult things to diagnose. Do they know about book two? Is it actually part of a series? Is the series set up properly on Amazon? Am I perhaps capturing email addresses at the end of book one and reminding them that there is a book two? Um, so that read-through rate, the biggest drop is between book one and two. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts as well. And yeah, the biggest drop is between book one and two. Once you get them in book two, usually you can keep the vast majority of them, not all of them, but you know, the read through rate. Then. Yeah, they're committed to the story. You know, they're sold on you. Um, yeah, it depends so, too on how long the series is. Like I've seen people sort of milk it a little bit too long, and then you start to to drop readers as well. I mean, the quality. <laughs> You know, it's hard to maintain the quality for so many books and keep coming up with fresh ideas to put the same sort of characters in, right? So I think a lot of times, you know, if people are writing these like massive 20 book series, you're probably going to see more drop off later on than you would at the beginning. I, I mean, presumably they're only doing that because they had strong read through at the beginning, but I, I don't think they'd be carrying that read through for the most part. Um, but you know, sometimes that's easier. And if it's, if the numbers are big enough, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, if you, if you have a million people going from each one and you're losing 10,000 per book, it's going to take a while before, before it matters too much that you need to start thinking of a new series. And I've noticed definitely with my Facebook advertising that, you know, my biggest book is the book I'm advertising, which is actually book two, but then the next one, like book one suddenly has this 75% surge. And then book three has this, you know, 66% surge. You can almost see like directly linked to the book you're advertising, how the other books are suddenly increasing in sale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I mean, this might be a, a different discussion, but I'd love to hear your experience advertising book two in, in a series. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's a whole other discussion. So the value per reader, yeah, it is, it is affected um, a, a lot by, okay, what what is the book priced at? How are they consuming it? Um, and uh, what is the read-through rate? Now, there's a ton of other things that I know other authors are experimenting with or they're trying to make, um, you know, try to make a, a foothold in terms of like maybe sell a sponsorship in the book, right? Like product placement, um, you know, especially for, for authors that, um, you know, are, are a little bit more established, uh, maybe build an email list, which is what we call stored value per reader. So then you could, um, you know, promote other books. I know some authors are going to be experimenting with, like and they already have ties, like little action figures for their characters, right? So again, getting really creative. Um, so yeah, creating that email list is all part of the stored uh, value per reader, as long as the email list is is clean. Yeah, I think uh, one way people are creating sort of that ongoing value as well. We talked to one author that um, set up a Patreon, right? And their Patreon is sort of where 
it's another level. They have the regular list too, but then they have their Patreon and that's where they're sending them things. I don't know about action figures, but they're sending them different things, signed copies of, of a hardcover special edition or book, you know, branded bookmarks or all that stuff. Um, so yeah, there's, there's ways there to, um, to sort of make, get more value because those Patreon people are paying her a monthly fee. So she's not just sending it to just these people on her mailing list, but actually people that are paying extra to get these these special things, right? Um, that's interesting, though, product placement. I haven't heard much about that um, in terms of authors getting money for, you know, doing product placement in their books. I would imagine you would have to be a pretty big author. Like, I mean, just because I read a book where somebody's drinking a Coke, it's not necessarily making me want to go drink a Coke. I mean, it might, but I, I tell you, like I, I read, I've been reading all those Jack Reacher books and finally pretty much almost done them. And, uh, you know, he drinks a lot of black coffee and, and it just always makes me think, oh, I should try more black coffee. <laughs> but it's just the repetition really I think. Yeah. Uh, james one books are ridiculous with that like i've got so much stuff that he you know I, oh i'll have tip tree marmalade because it's mentioned in the books but they don't have a, a like le- link it's like buy james bond's tip tree marmalade by clicking on here yeah and and that's totally fair it's it, i know it's more common uh although not it's totally common but more common in the non-fiction space um because i do know of one author who who did something like that um to actually help fund um the, the books and, and the editing of the books. So um, I know that there are people trying to experiment with different things to increase that value per reader. I mean, in nonfiction, there's the book as a, as a business magnet, you know, you give someone a book yeah. or you give them a free book and then hopefully they'll come to you for consultancy. So, you know, talk about uh, the value per reader. If your value is going to get is a thousand dollar consultation, then, you know, you, you don't mind spending a huge amount to get your book out there. And that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But um, yeah, I, I mostly work with fiction and we just have like the books, right? I mostly just work with fiction uh, at this time. But um, yeah, yeah, those those are the two most important uh, numbers to track. How much is the cost to, to bring in each reader and how much is each reader value? What is the value of each reader um, that comes in? So just as a whole, you know, I work with authors and they're like, well, as of right now, I'm losing 20 cents on every book. I just have my first book, you know, it's at $3.99 and my cost per new reader is $3.20 and I'm earning $3. Um, okay, I'm losing 20 cents in each book. So, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same. There'll be ebbs and flows throughout the year uh, or throughout the week, but they know on average, okay, I'm not putting in $1,000 into Facebook each month because people are like 30 bucks a day. Man, oh man, that's a lot of money, a thousand bucks a month. Okay, you're putting that in, but you might be getting $900 back. Yeah. Right. So you're really only putting $100 in a month. So knowing that, you know, you do have something in place to build an email list, which is stored value per reader. You're building the first book, you're getting more reviews and on, on it. Um, you get more feedback on your writing. You're starting to get more familiar with, with how to advertise books. Okay, is that worth a hundred dollars a month to me? Yeah. I right? mean, that's a, that's a brilliant way of looking at it actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we go back to the core of this, just as sort of like a sum up as we, as we get to the end here. So the, the cost per reader when we talk about cost versus value per reader, the cost per reader is, is that where we're saying that's just the strict cost 
that it got you that maybe the the a cost number or whatever is that the cost per reader uh versus the value being you know all these other things that you get from the reader like learning what you've done right or or selling other services through it or the read through the fact that they're going to read extra books is that sort of the difference between the two yeah yeah so the the cost per new reader is just finding the common denominator so i put in this much and then i got this many reader this many books sold Okay. Uh, so in the in the case of a hundred, uh, you, you spend a hundred dollars. You got ten people uh, through direct sales that you can measure. Uh, then that's your your cost per reader is ten dollars, right? Correct. But then the value is different because of all these other factors. Like, what if they then went on and read book two? Well, now you've got to factor the book two value into what that value per reader is and if it was if it's a four dollar book now your your cost goes down from 10 to six right or your value goes i guess well your cost was still 10 but your value uh it changes based on all those other factors and if you're selling services if you're nonfiction and and you maybe you give away your book for free and you're like oh every book i'm giving away it's it's like um, you know, it's not making me any money, but then for every 10 that you give away, maybe you get one person wanting a consult call for $200. Well, now it's, you know, you gave away 10, but you got 200. So you could say each one was worth 20, <laughs> you know, like you, that value just is all determined on all these different things that you can get from your book. That's exactly that. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. So the value, um, you know, the read through being the big one, um, you know, if you're earning four dollars, and then measuring your read through, uh, so read through is basically how many people read this book and go on to this book, right? So you would assume, unless you are doing something like uh, advertising book book two or or something else in a series, maybe it's a looser looser series, and you're you know, advertising uh, another book. Typically, you know, the people who read uh, book two have already read book one. Right, right so, except in Roland's case where he's uh, advertising book two, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing it, yeah. Different, little different it's, it's, it's it, book two and my, my thing just has like a killer title that intrigues people and then they're like, well, since we're here, we might as well read the other ones. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, if it works, then, then that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so then the other thing is um, where it goes back to what you were saying earlier, way back where you said, you know, writing more books, the importance of writing more books, because this whole uh, read through thing only exists if you have more than one book. So the first time you're publishing a book, the value per reader, I mean, there might be other ways you can get value per reader, but it won't be through a read through, right? You've got to have more than one. And that doesn't necessarily mean uh, a series either. Right, you you have a backlist, and you should be um, not ignoring that backlist because people come and they read one book, and then they go and they say, "Oh, he's written five other ones. I should go read it." If they enjoyed that one, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, just just writing more books to increase that value per reader. Because if your value per reader is, for an example, and I know we're just doing summing up here, but this is a good sum up. But if your value per reader, for an example, for each reader you bring in. Um, you know, X percentage of them will read five or six of your books. So the value per reader is $10 and the cost per new reader is $3. Well, if, you know, if I was to, if you were to give me $3 and every $3 you give me, I will give you $10 back. Well, let's put as much money as we can into advertising. And that right? exactly, that's, that's when you, you nailed it earlier. You're like, you've got to approach it like a business. If you went to a businessman 
and was like, yeah, I'll give you that deal. You pay me $3 and I'll bring you back $10 and we'll split it. He'd be like, bring it on. Yeah. And you're like, okay, your first question is, is this legal? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So So unfortunately it looks like we're running out of time. You you look like you're just about to have something really wise as a final thought. No, no, I I've, I've spent all my wisdom for, well, I don't think you have, Craig. I, I don't know about you, but I think it would be great to have, uh, have JD back at, at some point because I think there's so much more we can discuss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's. I mean, he's doing a lot of things, and this uh, him and I discussed some a, a variety of topics that he could talk with us today about, and I'm I'm sure that in the future we can come on and, and pick a different one, and we can get some more of his wisdom. For sure. And thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, it, uh, it was great talking to you guys too, and just going back and forth. It's it's been a quite an enjoyable conversation. Hopefully, uh, quite valuable uh, for your audience listening as well. And not just our audience. Like I think that I found a lot of value in that as well. So J- JD, where can people find out more about you? Where can they go to Weekend Publisher? Let us know. Of course, we'll stick the links down below. But uh, but tell us where people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to weekendpublisher.com. Uh, and you could find the information there. Again, I offer um, write, uh, book marketing coaching, uh, book marketing done for you, and, and writing coaching. Uh, so that's what we're doing right now. But there's lots of really useful uh, articles on the website um, and uh, even on YouTube. Uh, we can publisher. Just type that in. Um, that's That's where you can find me hanging out. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, JD. We've, I found this really, really valuable. Do you have any final thoughts, Craig? Uh, other than just hopefully you will come back on and uh, and I agree that uh, the the anyone listening on this is, is definitely going to hear some valuable tips. Um, so you know these are things even if we've talked about some of them before these are the kinds of things where you know there's nuances to everything and you know you, you can hear the, the the sort of the same idea more than once but then there's bits of it that are different that sort of always drive that point home because sometimes people hear, you know, the idea of, yeah, you know, I got to write more books, but when you put it into the uh, calculation of value per reader and why that matters, right. Then it's, it's just puts another spin on, on this. So it's, it's really, really uh, useful to keep talking to people about these topics and why they're important because there's every author is different and everyone author's experience is different. So, you know, there's going to be things that work for some and work for others and, that's why we want to keep talking about all these things. Yeah, excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much, JD. We really appreciate you coming aboard. If you liked what JD had to say, let us know in the comments section down below. And if while you're down there, if you've got nothing else to do, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. There's a little bell notification. And, uh, of course, we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So until then, thank you very much for supporting us. Cheerio.